it's Luke 2, 1 through 22. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. The first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and then she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him snugly in cloth and laid him in a feeding trough, because there was no room for them at the lodging place. In the same region, shepherds are staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today a Savior, who is Messiah the Lord, was born for you in the city of David. This will be the sign for you. You shall find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angel had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the feeding trough. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard, just as they had been told. And when the eighth, when the eight days were completed, eh, well, I'll stop at twenty. That's all right. I thought you were gonna keep going. I was here for it. <laughs> I can put it back. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing this morning? Good morning. Um, that's Caleb Baker. If you do not know Caleb Baker, he is the um, elusive man that hides in the shadows in, in our space here. Um, but he runs the whole show here. So if you ever get a chance to say thank you or to say, hey, I like the way that you did that, or it sounded really good today, there's someone in here that cares very deeply about those things, which is important. We need him. So say thank you to Caleb. Um, thank you, Caleb, for uh, reading this morning. Um, good morning. How are you doing? Advent series, the last Sunday before Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, if, uh, again, if you're around, we're not going to have our service on this Sunday, um, on the 26th. Uh, part of that is just learning who you are as a church. Uh, some churches get bigger on the holidays. Some churches get smaller. We get smaller. <laughs> our people travel. Some people travel to those places. We, our, our people go, and that's, that's okay. That's who we are. Um, so, yeah, I think we're like, let's just rest. Let's be still. Um, but if there's um, people that are still in the neighborhood, my family will be. Um, so if we wanted to get together Christmas Eve or something or the day before that and just pray, take communion together, that would be awesome. So keep a lookout for that. Uh, yeah, so today we talk about peace. Um, Raymond Lines was supposed to be given this message. We love him dearly, but he's still recovering. So Ray sent me his sermon, and this is where we're going from. Um, he, uh, yeah, so if you get a chance, if there's anything in here that you like, um, say, go to Ray and say, hey, man, that was great on Sunday. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> you really brought it. Uh, 
So yeah, he, uh, he spent, I want to give him the credit for that. He spent all the time um, researching and getting ready for this. I feel bad for him that he couldn't be the one to bring it, but I'm honored to be the one to bring it. Um, so uh, we are going to be, um, Caleb just read Luke 2, 1 through 21. We're actually going to be in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 today. Uh, so you can turn there in your Bibles if you have them. If you don't have one, we got them available for you. So just let us know, and we got them in the lobby. Um, what is, uh, what is peace for you? This is, oh man, I think this time of year, peace is um, packaged and marketed um, all everywhere. Uh, and so we all have this idea of what peace is. And this is, this is where I just wanted to start. It, oftentimes, is we, um, this is just for free. Uh, we overestimate uh, our ability, and we've said this before, so we're trying to ingrain it. Um, we overestimate our ability to control our own world, and we underestimate God, God's power in the things that we do. Um, and this is what I mean by that. Uh, so what is, what is peace for you? Um, peace for us, we are told, can be manufactured. Um, so in most of the times, this is the way that it's, um, that it's presented to us. It's the lack of something. Um, in our life. So uh, if you were to go just like the way that peace has been talked about historically, there's been times of peace and there's been times of war, right? So you're just like, peace in that case is the lack of conflict. Um, But for us, it may be the lack of work. So maybe we spend most of our lives working. Um, And work is meant to be, as we already talked about, this thing that is like incredibly good for us. Like it's good to put hands to something. Um, But it's also this thing that takes so much of our time in our um, and we just, if we're not careful, we get to this point where we're like, man, I would just have peace if I didn't have to work so darn hard all the time. Um, and so then we're like, all right, so peace comes on the weekends. Peace comes on vacation. Peace comes on the holidays. And ultimate peace comes in retirement. Man, that would be great. Um, or, so in this case, it's just kind of this, but what happens in, in, in the midst of that is you realize that the weekend, whenever you get back into the office, someone is just like, how was your weekend? Oh, weekend was crazy, you know? So the weekend wasn't peaceful like you hoped it would be. And like, how was vacation? Well, it was too short, you know? And then it's just like, well, how are the holidays? Well, holidays were busy, you know? And it's just like, well, what about at least retirement? Well, in retirement, well, we get bored. So you got to find something to do with your time, right? So there's this like, we're constantly even in these things that we place as this is where we'll find peace. We're still kind of lacking and it's disappointing. Um, peace is the lack of conflict. So maybe, maybe we're broken people. We have broken relationships. Um, maybe there's, there's certain relationships in your life where, man, peace is just the lack of these things. You know, if we could just, if we could just separate ourselves. But then at the same time, peace sometimes, if, we, if we're not careful, peace can also be adding things, right? <laughs> So then you're just like, well, I would have peace if I had a relationship. I would have peace if I had these certain things. I would have peace if I had this certain job. I would have peace if I, and then we're just sold all of these different things. And this time of year is just that time of year, right? I'll tell you what's coming. Can I tell you what's coming in January? You know what the new peace is? Physical fitness, right? So like peace is coming, guys. It's going to be great. Physical fitness is going to be our peace for like two weeks. Um, and then it's going to be gone. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of, that's what, that's what we're sold over and over again. Um, when we look at scripture, um, we see, even as um, if we look at scripture, we see that peace is something that is much greater than that. 
And what I always, like, I try to pull out is that, like, looking at Scripture is the truth, and it's where we're going to find um, just a foundation that's level for us. But sometimes you don't even ha- you just have to look at your own experience in your own life and just realize, like, something here is missing. Like, I've been told over and over again that I'm going to find this peace, and I'm still lacking. Um, so peace in Scripture is this Hebrew word, shalom, um, which means wholeness, safety, completeness, things as it should be. Um, so in that way, peace is in an absence of something or an addition to something. It's restoring something to the way it was always meant to be. It's making something whole and complete. I don't know if you think about peace that way, um, but today, together, we are going to try to think about peace that way. We're going to look at the scriptures and see what they have to say. So our passage for today is Isaiah chapter 9, uh, um, verse 6. Uh, eventually we will read verse 7, but we're just going to start with verse 6. Um, sorry, I'm trying to get it here in my Bible. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. If you need a Bible, again, let us know. All right. Um, says to this, says this, um, for, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let me pray for us this morning. Lord, what, a, um, what an encouragement it is to hear um, this morning that, uh, Lord, at the arrival of Christ, um, there is a celebration that took place. Lord, that the, that the angels would proclaim that there's now peace on earth. Um, Lord, that, that you would make a way for us, Christ, that there could be a wholeness be experienced that's far greater um, than anything that we have and we can find in this world. Um, Lord, I pray that today that help us just shed off anything that we're carrying in here um, that is not part of that wholeness that you've created us to be, um, but is actually a hindrance to that. Um, Father, I pray that Jesus would be glorified today in your word, that there would be an anticipation and excitement for the arrival of Christ. Lord, I pray that this Christmas, as we gather um, together in our homes, that it would be about a peace uh, that surpasses our understanding. But for us as followers of Jesus, it guards our heart and our mind in Jesus. Um, Let it be that this year. Father, we love you. In your name, amen. Today felt like a mug morning, so... Um, all right, Isaiah 9. So what we just said was peace is not just the absence of something or the addition of something. It's restoring something to the way that it was meant to be. It's making something whole. So for example, if Megan and I were getting into a fight, which never happens, ever. That never happens for us. I'm kidding. Um, but if we were to get into, let's say, a disagreement— um, and we were to get to a certain point where, like, she obviously isn't seeing correctly. Um, but, uh, so that's the problem. Um, but we, one of us at some point says, all right, you know what? I'm, I just, I just, I'm, I'm done. I, and they storm out of the room. Uh, there's a moment in there where the conflict that we were experiencing, um, that tension in that moment, uh, is no 
longer there. Like that person's not present. But what you know uh, personally in that moment is that there's no longer peace as well. Uh, so like there's this, there is this restoration that needs to happen if peace is going to be restored, right? And so it's not just the absence of something. It's not just adding something. Um, it's actually restoring something that's broken. And so we do this all the time. We manage this all the time. So the question is, what does it look like? Like in Scripture, what does it look like for peace to actually be enjoyed and had in our life? Um, And what does it look like for us to embrace that personally as a body? So the first thing that we see is that Jesus offers us peace with God. So the first thing is this relationship with God. Um, Jesus offers us peace with God. And this goes, Ray Ray called me and we were talking through his sermon. And he's like, I don't get it. Like, it just feels like everything goes back to the garden. (laughs) And I was like, thank you. You get it now. Um, Yes, it's just like this. You see this in the very beginning that there is a relationship that was perfect um, and that was broken by sin. And so there's this, there's this perfect peace that's experienced. There's this shalom that's in the garden that the world was meant to embrace perfectly. But when sin enters the world, conflict changes everything. And so in that moment, there's two options. I mean, you can push away or... Um, or we see what God chooses to do, which is to move towards. And so there is this restoration that takes place through God pursuing us. We learn that we can't attain that peace or a state of completeness all on our own. There's a wholeness or completeness that has to be restored. Um, I, uh, when I think about the peace of God being offered to us, the first verse that I, that I think about is Romans 5. Romans 5.1 says, uh, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, that verse personally um, in my life has carried some weight. Uh, that is the verse uh, for me that changed everything. Uh, so I think it, it's one thing that... Um, it's something that when in your own life, as, as you go through your brokenness, there's a sense of like, man, I, I lack peace. Um, just personally, there's, as you go through in a broken world and you're, you're, you're born into this world and sin enters into your life through someone else or through yourself, there's something in you that realizes like, I'm just, I'm lacking this peace that I'm, that I just truly like inwardly desire. And over time, you realize that this isn't something that is just a brokenness between you and another individual. This is something that is brokenness with the creator that actually made you. Um, And so what we see here in this passage, which is absolutely what the entire season of Christmas is about, this is what all the scripture is about, is that like peace is restored again. This is why Jesus is called like the Prince of Peace, is that he comes in a person, embodies this peace, and embodies this restoration. Um, Peace is completely restored and it's available to you. Like there's peace that can be had and restoration and wholeness between your relationship with the Lord. Um, But if you keep going in Romans 5, you get to verse 6, and this is the way that it said. It says, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. That's us. Um, For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person um, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners— 
Christ die for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through him who we have now received reconciliation. This word like just jumps off the page over and over and over again. Reconciliation. It's just like to be reconciled. Um, what it means is uh, to be, I mean, it, it depends on the way that you think about it. So to reconcile something is to make something complete again, to make it, um, so it's like you were to reconcile your account with someone. You would be, you would be uh, actually settling a debt. But to, to reconcile again is this idea of restoration um, and to make something the way it was meant to be and to make things right again. Um, yeah, this is, this is something that for us is offered to us through Christ. And it, in verse 10 it says, For if we were enemies, um, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Uh, and so it kind of gives you this status of like, what, what position did we have? Uh, and if you look at us in the garden, I mean, that's where we were. It's, I don't know if you think about yourself. I, I think we often think very highly of ourselves. <laughs> Um, and we like to think the best of each other, which is great. Uh, but the reality is, we look at scriptures, like there is, um, there is a clear standing at that if someone, there is a righteous God and we are sinful people. And what that means is that separation makes us enemies of God. You're like, man, that sounds harsh. Um, but it's the truth. And it's helpful for us to know because then you begin to see this gap that's needed for peace to be had. Like there's true reconciliation, first and foremost, that needs to happen in our own hearts and our own lives toward Jesus. The way this happens, 2 Corinthians 5, 20, 21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Um, what a gift. I think that's an exchange there that we often, we just don't dwell on enough. Um, that this child that is born into the world, that lives a sinless life, um, that goes to the cross, what happens in that moment is there's a sacrifice that's made that was absolutely necessary for our sins. Um, and there's an exchange of our sinfulness and his perfection, our sinfulness with his righteousness. Um, that is a gift to be treasured. And it's to be had through Jesus. Um, this happens through, um, through faith and hope and belief in Jesus Christ. Um, so the, one of the quotes that Ray brought up here um, is not just the way that this restores us and our relationship with God, but the way that um, it restores our relationship with others. Um, he's been reading Come, Let Us Adore Him by Paul David Tripp. and says this, it says, it is this vertical peace that then allows us to live in peace and harmony with one another. Um, it's the vertical peace that allows us to live in peace and harmony with one another. So the second thing that we see is that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, offers us peace with each other. Um, follow Jesus. Yeah, let's go there. 
I'm going to go to John chapter 14. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 17 says this. This is, how, this is what Jesus leaves his disciples with. So we're going to be taking communion um, later. And you see, let me see, is it 17? Yes. Sorry, guys, I'm catching up. Um, is that what it was? John 14, 27. John 14, 27. Um, this is Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit. But we're going to be taking communion later, and you see Jesus walk with his disciples over and over again. And what he does is he eventually sits down at the table. And I'm excited to take like an extended time today just to like reflect, um, to be in prayer, and to reflect on the gift that we've been given. Uh, but I, I think one of the things that he says right before he leaves uh, his disciples is he says this in John 14, 27. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace... I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you love me, you, have, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, um, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. Um, there's peace that's offered to, in this moment to his, to his disciples. Uh, this, is, um, this is a moment where I, I think it's encouraging for me because it's, it's not just this peace that, like, in, in uh, an exchange and transaction that happens through um, your relationship with God. It's not just, just a future peace that's held, but what you see here is that, like, this, this peace is meant to be something that is to be had here, like now, in our hearts. Uh, so in 27, he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give. Like, there's a different kind of peace that believers are meant to have than what the world experiences. Um, and I think this can be hard for us because oftentimes we equate peace with an, a, feeling, like a feeling or an emotion. Um, and I, I think that, man, that in and of itself makes it difficult because it can be something, your feelings and emotions are things that are fleeting, like you're here in a moment. Like throughout a day, you can go up and down, like all over the place. Uh, but if you look at the peace that's promised for us, it's like I'm giving you a peace that's like it's just it's different than what the world offers you. And so how is it different? Um, I think because what even in the midst of this, there's Jesus says to his disciples that um, like the world, like just because it hated me and it's, it's going to hate you. Like there's going to be a there's like this is a tough road ahead. Circumstances are not necessarily going to be great, but peace is what's promised. And so in Jesus's mind, your circumstances in the situation that you're in, this peace is actually going to be had through enduring a dip, potentially difficult life. Um, and that's just, man, that is different when what the world tells us peace is. Uh, the way that when I was reading for this, I, I read... Um, guy, uh, Marshall Seagal. Seg uh, it's Stephen's brother. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Um, Marshall Seagal. Uh, he says this. He was uh, desiring God.com. He's a writer for him. He says, uh, part of why inner peace is elusive is because we expect it to feel more peaceful than it really does. 
which is great. Um, And if we expect peace in this age, um, to always feel peaceful, we'll rarely experience real peace, the kind that meets reality and adversity head on. Um, If we never feel any tension, urgency, or desperation in our peace, then we're probably experiencing something other than true inner peace. It might feel peaceful for the moment, but it's not the peace that our soul needs. One key to experiencing real peace for now is expecting it to come in and through adversity. After all, inner peace would not be very precious and remarkable if we experienced it only when everything was predictable, comfortable, and safe. God wants our inner peace to disturb the world, leave others wondering how we could possibly enjoy emotional stability and rest in the midst of what we are suffering and enduring. The peace of God pours out by his spirit, does give us space and freedom to rest, but it also inspires us to live boldly and courageously for him at the front lines of the fiercest battles and in the most challenging circumstances we face. God quiets our souls and he sets them on fire. Um, Peace. And I think for us, that's what's radically different um, than what we're told peace is. Um, I think as you read the rest of the story, which I would encourage you to, it's very hard to make an argument that the Christian life comes without sacrifice, you know? Like the Christian life comes with tremendous sacrifice. And in the midst of that, there is a peace. There is a stability. There's a foundation that we have been promised. It's been given to us through the Holy Spirit, a present God. Um, And that's something to absolutely rejoice in. Like it's a gift that we've been given, a rest that we can have any moment of any day. And so I think if you look at the life of Christ um, and I I think you talk about peace with others. Uh, If peace with others was just a lack of conflict, um, Christ would be disqualified. (laughs) Um, As you look at his life, he is, there's conflict everywhere. <laughs> like there, as you look at his life, everywhere that he goes, there seems to be some kind of tension. And so for us, peace can't just be a lack of conflict. Peace has to be making things whole, right? Making things complete. And when you look at pieces like that, you begin to feel inadequate, <laughs> which is good. Guys, it's a good thing, you know? It's a good thing to recognize, like, I can't do this on my own. Like, there's a good thing to recognize, like, there's a wholeness that I want to experience that can only be had with the Prince of Peace. And as I walk into wherever you go, that's how you usher in that peace as well, right? No matter what circumstances you're in, no matter how difficult it is, what we do is we usher in this peace and this wholeness, this completeness, Um, that is radically different than what the world experiences. Um, The, uh, I wanted to, sorry guys, we're working here. There's a passage that I wanted to read that just slipped my mind and I don't have it here. Um, And I can't remember it, so we're going to keep moving. Um, So the third thing that we see is that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, offers us peace for our future. 
Jesus offers us peace for our future. So in this passage, if you go to Isaiah, like we were just in, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, um, we see that things change. Like in, if you read chapter 8, there's like this promise like coming doom. And then chapter 9 is like a child is going to be born. And so in the midst of these circumstances, the Assyrian invasion is about to happen. Uh, and like things are not looking up for the Israelite people, which is kind of a common theme for them. Um, but yeah, in verse 6, we have the passage that we just read. But in verse 7, um, we have this. It says, of the increase of the government and of peace. So this wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Of the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it. With, re- with justice and with righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So in this moment, you have this like, man, they're in a time where conflict is all around them, where there is constant tension, uh, but there is this promise in the midst of it that there is a child that is going to be born. That, born is going to be, that child is going to be a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, a father, everlasting father, a prince of peace. And also there is going to be this kingdom that he's going to have that will have no end. Um, And you're like, man, that sounds great. You know, like that sounds really, really good. And we got a chance to talk about this uh, on Vision Day. And I think it really, it really shapes for us. Like as we look at scripture, it shapes for us the reason that we do everything that we do. Is to understand ourselves not as just a participant um, in a church plant, but an actual citizen of a kingdom. Uh, and so what we're doing is we're ushering in a peace to the places that we go uh, that will have no end. Like, is that good? That's good news for us. That like the seeds that are sown through the Holy Spirit in the places and through us in the places that we go, they will have no end. Like these things are growing. The kingdom of God is going to grow and grow and grow. And we're promised that in the end that this kingdom is all that will remain. And so you think about it this way. You're like, man, there's going to be like right now, um, we live by faith and not by sight. But there's coming a day that we are going to live by sight and not by faith. Like, think about that. Like, there's coming a day where we are going to see the things that were promised, and we're not clinging to future promises, but we're actually enjoying the promises that were always given to us. And so we talk about peace. We long for this future kingdom. Like, we long for this peace, this shalom that we were always meant to live in. And that motivates the way that we see our lives right now. Um, like if that's where I'm going, the way that Paul says it is like, man, wh- like this, is, this life, it's not even worth comparing to, to what. Like the, the struggles that I go through are not even worth comparing to the future promises of glory that we are going to have. It's like, man, there's a future that while currently is just right now, we are not currently living in it but we get to bring it and usher it into this world. It changes the way that we do that. It changes everything about us. Um, so yeah, as we, as we go into Christmas season uh, and we are promised uh, many different things, um, and one of them is peace. 
And it's going to come in a lot of different forms, like a lot for us. Um, there's a lot of different things. There's going to be gifts under the tree. I don't know what your Sunday, like what your, not Sunday, what your Christmas morning looks like. Um, I, uh, I moved into a family that's very organized um, with their Christmas morning. Like my family, it was chaos. Uh, you say, you go downstairs and there's like this moment where it's like you say go and it's just like, and you just tear off all the gifts. Um, and it was chaos, anything but peace. Uh, but Megan's family, <laughs> and especially at her nan's house, which I absolutely love, there's an abundance of gifts, but it's like we are going to watch you enjoy opening that gift, you know, <laughs> one at a time, <laughs> one at a time. And it's just like, for me, it was just like painful, you know. I'm just like, oh, I can't. But, you know, in, in the midst of it, there's something to be appreciated there. I think what I've realized is that, like, it's just, man, there's a, in that moment, no matter what is given in those gifts, those things, they just, they fade very, very quickly. Um, like, shockingly quickly. Uh, and, and there's a peace that's meant to be had. There's a gift that's meant to be given that is just greater. It's just greater than anything. Um, so I'm going to pray for us this morning, and um, Brian's going to come up, and we're going to go through an extended time of communion. Um, let's pray together. Uh, Father, we, um, yeah, we come to you, and in the midst of what can be a hurried time, um, I just feel like, man, life can be um, busy. And this season um, can be one that passes us by uh, because we are drawn into uh, the need and the, almost the panic uh, to find peace, um, to make everything absolutely perfect, that Christmas morning would be perfect, that the meal would be perfect, that um, we would rest really, really well. Those are not bad things, um, but they are certainly not things that bring us peace. Um, so, Lord, let us be a people uh, this, this year uh, as, as we gather together that we would be a people that usher in um, a peace that is far greater, a wholeness and a completeness, um, Lord, that is not meant to be just had for a, a moment, but is meant to carry us through our entire lives. Um, Lord, let your kingdom grow this year, um, not just here. But, Father, may um, the church this year as we walk into um, a new year, uh, Lord, may, may, we, may we do so confident that the Prince of Peace has come and there is a future peace that's ours uh, and there's a kingdom and a good work um, to put our hands to and a kingdom that's yet to be had. So, Father, we rejoice in that today. Um, thank you uh, for bringing peace. Uh, we love you. In your name. Amen.